We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Since Jeff and I last spoke, we have agreements, we have baseball, we have news, we have trades, we have signings, and Jeff and I are also going to do our 2022 fades in fantasy drafts, so uh, stick around. Happy Sunday night, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Scott Jensen. Joined as always on Sunday nights by Jeff Erickson. Uh, we are a uh, partnership with uh, with WinBet. We appreciate their sponsorship on all the Rotowire podcasts. Uh, Jeff, since you and I talked, uh, things have taken a, a pretty darn good uh, turn for the better. Last time we talked, we were not, not sure we were talking about baseball anytime soon. We had an agreement this week. We have lots of stuff to talk about tonight, but uh, how are you? I'm doing well. Just got Good. back from SCARF, uh, Southern California Live League. And I forget the ARF stands for, but it's part of the whole Earth group. It's like or it started with BARF and then NERF. And so Bay with, Area Roto Fantasy, something like that. Um, I, I, I wish I should know that. But uh, anyhow, um, it was it's now 10 leagues uh, as part of an overall deal now. So it's becoming a big deal. It's live drafts. And it was fun. Most everybody was there in person. Uh, and it's good to put uh, face and face to name and actually get to know folks in person. And it's live drafts are so much more fun than uh, I like an online draft, but live drafts are just the best. Were you guys like at a bar, restaurant, someone's house? Where were uh, we were actually at, at uh, an office uh, down all in right. Balboa Island. You oh, know? nice! All the way down to Balboa Island to go to somebody's office, but to do a draft. <laughs> but uh, still, it was great. People who don't know, it's an adjunct of uh, Newport, uh, Newport Beach, and it's Balboa Island's amazing. It's an awesome place. I, I didn't really get to enjoy the splendors of it, except right. for, uh, but you know, still, uh, it's a beautiful day, good draft, good people. It was a good time. If anybody's seen the OC or Arrested Development, they're both right there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, and there actually is a banana stand on Balboa Island, so that is actually from something. So there's like two of them, but they're, yeah. you know, they're, but they're not really a stand. They're they're actually yeah. like I now they are, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, still, but, the frozen frozen banana stand is still what it's called. So, yeah. But let's jump in. We have uh, it's it's weird. We had like we had the agreement, and then we had a couple days of everybody's like, oh, there's gonna be free agent frenzy and trades, and nothing happened. And it really kind of picked up uh, yesterday. There's been a, there's been a lot of news over the uh, over the weekend that we're gonna hit. Uh, first one I want to talk about is tonight. We had a big trade between the yeah. Yankees and the Twins uh, about nine seconds after you drafted Ryan Jeffers. Apparently, uh, yeah. The, the, Yankee, the Yankees traded uh, Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela to the Twins. 
for uh, my favorite, uh, one, of, one of my relatives, Josh Donaldson and Isaiah Kiner-Falefel, who got traded from the Rangers to the Twins yesterday. So uh, he's uh, made a couple moves there. Uh, what's your kind of overall thought here? I mean, it's obvious that, uh, you know, Sanchez's catches there. Earl Shelley plays probably third. Donaldson plays a lot of third for the Yankees. DH opportunities are probably less for JD in New York than they were in Minnesota, which I don't love because I kind of I like the idea of him maybe DHing kind of a third of the games with with Stanton and, and Judge and all those guys there. That might be a little tougher. But uh, where do you kind of fall on this uh, trade in terms of do you think anybody's significantly affected fantasy wise? So I mean I, I think that the big thing for the Twins is they got rid of all of Donaldson's contract. I yeah. think that was like their goal and their desire. Um, the Yankees they get short term boost. Uh, they don't trade one of the, their big short uh, shortstop prospect, Anthony Volpe, and Volpe, and I, I hope I didn't butcher the name, but uh, that was I think that was a big aspect of it. There, they cut the cord on Gary Sanchez. I mean, I, I think this is one of those things that probably had to happen. Of course, it, I, I was looking forward to uh, the Ryan Jeffers era, and we still might see it, by the way, because Sanchez is not a great defender. Uh, DH is pretty wide open in minnesota i could see him getting a lot of dh at bat uh, sanchez get a lot of dh at bats with jeffers behind the plate still uh i thought that kind of falafel they got him to play shortstop now i'm is it urshela is it sir not appearing in this film yet uh is is it urshela at short and jose miranda at third i'm trying to figure that part of it out still um yeah, I think a lot of those answers are going to be kind of, you know, there's still a lot of free agents yet to sign. But, uh, right. yeah, I think that, I mean, Urshela has shown he could play some short. He's a really good defender. I mean, obviously, better at third than he is at short. But uh be interesting to see how they kind of work that out. Do you have any sort of feel that, you know, maybe getting out of New York might be something that Gary Sanchez needs and he might actually, uh, you know, kind of turn to the player he used to be? Or are you kind of, uh, is that uh, ship, ship pretty much sailed for you? No, I don't think it's sailed. I think it's certainly a plausible hypothesis. Uh, and certainly a chance, you know, it, it can't hurt. Let's just put it that right. way. Uh, it, it's not like Yankee Stadium helps right-handed power as much as it does lefty power. Uh, Minnesota, Todd Zola and I were talking about this earlier, that target field actually did kind of depress right-handed power, which frankly surprised me because I just remember in DFS always wanting to get right-handed twins hitters when a lefty was on the mountain target field. But that, that might have just been the ago. fact that those twins, that twins lineup was just awesome against anybody in any park. Too. That's true. Yeah. But I always seem to remember like lefty pitchers in particular uh, not doing well there. But uh, I, I actually thought it was a pretty decent park. Now, keep in mind, 2020, they did not have to deal with the cold weather months as much in Minnesota. That's true. Yeah. Last year they did back again. So that, that's part of it. Uh, I, I, I'm still trying to figure out, you know, what what next shoe drops, but I, I got to think Miranda gets be a better chance this year. Uh, you know, maybe Minnesota signs a shortstop. I, mean, I think this prevents the Yankees. Maybe it doesn't fully prevent the Yankees from going after Trevor Story or Carlos Correa, but I think it makes it less likely to happen rather than more likely. Yeah, it's funny how it, we're going to see in the next week or so. Here. We're going to a lot of moves that like, oh, this helps this guy, and all of a sudden another move will affect somebody. We talked about Ryan Jeffers. Uh, yeah. I was in our TGFBI league was still going on when that trade happened. So uh, someone had one catcher, and obviously the next pick they made was Ryan Jeffers. I had one catcher too, and I was hoping he would last a few picks, but there was no right. chance that was going to happen. And uh, you know, now there were I saw a couple quotes saying they may split time. And I think you're right. I think Sanchez uh, could see some DH appearances. Uh, Sanchez and Miguel Sano in the same lineup is a whole lot of swing and miss, though. Uh, yeah, it is whole lot, uh, whole lot of power, but a whole lot of swing and miss. Well, and the funny thing too, is with the twins, I mean, are they contenders? Or are they not? I mean, they, they, we're going to talk about another move they made, which is a great short-term move for them. Yeah. I really like it quite a bit. Uh, but I look at that rotation and it's, you know, I'll, I'll mention by name, Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan, yeah. 
Bailey Ober, Dylan Bundy, I guess. Uh, I, you know, Maeda is not going to pitch this year. Uh, is it Griffin Jacks? Is it Randy Dobnak? I mean, it, it, it gets pretty thin pretty quick. It doesn't strike me as a contending rotation just yet. Uh, I guess Sano would be the DH and Kirilov at first base if they put Larnick in the outfield. But I, I also think that Sano will play a lot of first base and Larnick yeah. will probably sit every once in a while too. Now, it gives them some righty-lefty balance. Kirilov is lefty, Larnick is lefty, Kepler is lefty, and Arias is lefty. So it's a lot of lefties in that lineup. So it, it gets them a little bit more of a right-handed pop, although I guess they had Donaldson. I guess that was the right-handed yeah. pop that they previously had. But, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting to see how, what they're going to do after that. But, you know, shortstop is definitely wild, I guess. I guess Arias plays third and Polanco plays second and Urshela at short. I mean, they could do a lot of the things. They could put Polanco at short, and yeah. that still allows Urshela to play third, too, I suppose. Yeah, those those guys are pretty interchangeable. They can move around. Um, on the Donaldson front, I liked him in Minnesota. I like him in New York also and getting in that lineup. I think it's uh, all a health thing with Donaldson. That, you know, not That's not breaking news, but I mean, he was – 53% hard hit rate last year, 17% barrel. I mean, it was, he was, he was vintage hitting the ball hard. Josh Donaldson, just a matter of how many at bats is going to end up, you know, how he can stay sure. upright. Um, you know, only a 21% K rate. We you love to see that with a guy who hits the ball that hard. I mean, the profile is really there for him to be really good. It's just a matter of how many games he plays. Yeah. I just missed out on Donaldson in this draft. I, I would have liked to have had him. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned Sonny Gray. Since we're talking about Minnesota, let's just jump to that one. Uh, your Reds, uh, you know, to the it's it has not been a good uh, a good time to be A's or Reds fans, as we're as we talked about on Twitter also. Um, but uh, they traded Sonny Gray to the Twins. Um, got a young, I think you said he was eighteen or nineteen year old uh, high school pitching prospect back. Um, but Gray, uh, twenty twenty one, he was a four one nine one two two guy in one hundred and thirty five innings. Um, the K's were down a little bit, but still pretty good at twenty seven percent. Walks are a little bit high at eight percent, but. I mean, he's kind of the sunny grade that we expect, you know, outside of New York, he's always been pretty solid. Um, a lot of red in a stat cast page. He's got uh, great, uh, great numbers against hard contact against barrels, all that. Uh, obviously the park switch mo- it helps here, you know, going from Cincinnati to Minnesota does help. Um, how much do you move gray up on this, uh, on this trade? Um, or do you, I guess I do move him up a little bit. Uh, you know, you can take a look at the splits. Uh, I, I think he got hurt by the ballpark below two years ago. I think he did not. Um, uh, I no, I just he doesn't he wasn't that expensive. That's the thing that was kind of so beguiling to me. And yeah, even as like you know, he had a pretty reasonable mutual option, I think. And I don't know, I just that's the sort you, of. Tra- do you read this as like full tear down on the way? I mean, it's maybe it's close. Four eighty. By the way, the split was I was right. Four eighty nine three forty four last year. In 2020, but that was a weird season. It was 290 and 468. He was actually way better at home. Yeah. Uh, 2019, he was great all three at uh, both places. There, uh, he's only got, he's only like 12 million this year, 13 million in his option year. Uh, wow, that is a good that, that is a good contract. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good contract today's pitching environment there. So, yeah, I, I just yeah, I do read it on the red side. Is it, it, well, it's a clear admission that they're not going to contend this year. Right, because I mean, what you don't, they, what they you, don't back you don't trade time. your one of your best pitchers for an eighteen year old if you're planning on contending right now. Obviously, right. Yeah. and he th- the, the, you know, and let's face it, I mean, he throws hard, but uh, when, you know, when I'm talking, he is, of course, I'm talking about Chase Petty, who went back to the Reds. Yeah, uh, Petty throws hard, but he's pitched two professional games. Yeah, you know, he's we don't really know much about him there. He, he's not like anybody's like top five Twins prospect. He's like seven or ten, or depending on where. Where you saw him listed, I think James had him like 396 in the prospect ranks. Sure, I can we can dream on the potential. 
but it's just a dream at this point in time. We don't really know. Yeah. And it's like a, like you were saying earlier, a four, four or five year away dream. Like it's not a next year kind of dream either. Yeah. And I, I just, yeah. You know, I, I, yeah. And they've got, you know, so yeah, you can say, well, you've got, they've got Chase Petty and Nick Green. I mean, uh, Nick Lodolo and, uh, and Green and all that. Okay. But Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo should be up this year. Yeah. By the time Petty's up there, they're going to be in arbitration. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a whole, they're not even the same class and they've got, yes, the Reds have a lot of interesting young arms, but they're not, they, they, they clearly aren't trying to contend this year. They're, yeah. they're taking a back step back and, you know, uh, Nick crawl, the Reds GM had a, a quote yesterday and you know, obviously he's doing the owner's bidding here. So I, I, I don't right. want to slam on crawl so much, but the statement was we're trying to get rid of the peaks and valleys. And, I had a stupid little throwaway t- uh, tweet yesterday, which get, of course got way more interaction than anything else. Substantive, it was like, okay, great, but can we have some peaks first? Right. You know, like where? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's been thirty years since we. You know, the Bengals are uh, have earned more credit than the Reds, and yeah. you know, it's gone for full circle. It's just as I'm wearing my Joey Votto jersey today there for a go. draft. You know, I, I'm still a fan, but <laughs> yeah, gosh, it, it, they make it so difficult. Yeah. I hear you there. Um, the other news tonight, I'm just kind of sticking with the night's news. Uh, Nelson Cruz, there was rumors this morning yeah. he was signed with the Padres and the Dodgers, and then he signed with the Nationals. Um, did not see that. Fly. No. We, we had a lot of rumors he was going to sign with an NL team. You know, once the Universal DH opened up, uh, you know, twice as many teams suddenly want Nelson Cruz. But um, he's uh, – we've talked about his age all the time. He's 41 years old. But you look at, like, the last seven years, his hard hit rate, his barrel rate are all just so good. I mean, it's not, when the guy's playing, he's just so good. He had played 140 games last year, 32 home runs, 86 RBIs. Um, hitting behind Juan Soto is a pretty good spot, though. I'd say so. Uh, One-year, $15 million contract. I wonder, was everybody else offering less? Trying to lowball him a little bit there? Maybe the Dodgers and the Padres are maybe concerned about the Cohen cap? I don't know. Um uh, I didn't. I didn't want Dodgers. I didn't. I thought maybe he would uh, sit a few times there. They're just so deep, and maybe you know, against tough righties, they would sit him. I, I was really hoping for the Padres. I think that would have been a, a really nice uh, fit with what they have, and kind of sticking them in the lineup would have really boosted that lineup up. Our Padres would have really yeah. liked that. Um, Agreed. We've teased at that before. If they, if they, if he would have signed with the Padres, as you tweeted out. Yep, that was the fi- that was the that was the final straw right there. I was uh, I was all in if uh, if that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, it Isn't did not that- happen yet. So, uh, alas, but I do like that landing spot. I think that bumps him up. He was going, I, I got him in round lately. 22 of my, uh, B Jeff Erickson draft on, uh, on Thursday night. You know, granted earlier in the week, this past week, he, there was a, a tweet, a tweet going around saying that he was going to retire and play in the Dominican, but clearly that was like the day before they came to a deal. So, um, so Wait. round 22 is like, you know, it's 240 overall. I think I've stuck in my head, you know, the Nationals are pretty good. And you look at that lineup, like three, four, five now is good, but one, two, and six through nine. I do like Hebert Rees, but like one, two, and it's seven through nine. Lineup. It's a bad yeah. like it's I keep looking at them like I think I'm missing someone. Then I was like, oh, they traded that guy, they got rid of that guy. But mm-hmm. you got Lane Thomas, Caesar Hernandez, maybe one, two. You got Alcides Escobar hitting seven. Like that's gross. And Key Boom, who knows? Victor Robles, we've seen that story. You know, maybe. Maybe he bounces back, but we've kind of seen what we've seen the last couple of years. And you look at the bench, you're like, maybe the, nope, there's nobody there. That's it's 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 a weirdly bad lineup. I kind of like Lane Thomas. I kind uh, of do too. And I think Cesar Hernandez has his uses. Um, 
but he was more useful two years ago than he is today, too. Yeah, I mean, he played, he uh, played which a lot. He was available to the Nets. Yeah. Yeah. He had 640 plate appearances of 308 OBP last year. So I think he has some usefulness, but like, I don't think I want him hitting second for my team if I'm trying to win games too much. Yep, yep. I, I hear He's you, like man. your seventh or eighth hitter. I think that works really well, and I do like him as a player. But uh, yeah, no, that lineup is weirdly – I mean, they got better today. I mean, you stick Cruz in between Soto and Bell. That definitely – um, definitely helps the middle a bunch, but uh, not uh, not great. Although great for Cruz, I mean Soto's on base all the time, so that that, that definitely should be nice. Um, another signing, uh, Carlos Rodon went to the Giants, two mm-hmm. years, forty four million. I think Rodon was someone that's kind of you know lingering in this, this spot of like he was so good last year, had the injury concern. You know what will teams see when they look at medicals? Um, I think that the Giants signing him for that much money uh, definitely boost going to boost him up a little bit. They figure you know Giants have a smart front office. You figure they 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 should know that they usually know what they're doing they're pretty farhan zaidi is really smart um you know rodon was obviously exceptional last year two three era point no a whip uh, under one um but that was after 42 innings total in 2019 2020 insane k rate like i had to look twice to make sure that was right he's at 34.6 percent k rate last year um 40 percent whiff rate in a slider uh velo was up two and a half miles an hour year over year uh he was awesome last year but where do you kind of slot him now in san francisco but still you know that shoulder is still a thing yeah, I, I haven't f- drafted him yet. Uh, I'm not against it. I don't really have a hot ticket about this, but I will say this. What if a year ago I told you that Carlos Rodon would sign a deal worth more per year and longer than Clayton Kershaw? Uh, I would say that a lot has happened in the last year. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he's freely available last year, which I guess he was freely available this year too, but uh, for a different different cost yeah, pr- price not, point there. Not quite so freely, right? Yeah, I... I I still question why the White Sox didn't offer him a qualifying offer. Uh, yeah, it was. It's one of the reasons why Rodon was able to sign for what he did, though, too, because it didn't cost any sort of pick compensation, too. So, right. if you look at it from that standpoint, you know, it worked for him. So his ADP over the last month in in draft champions is one thirty five. I'm rounding up a little bit, but one thirty five. Um, do you think in a you know uh, you know the online championship uh, main event? You think we're looking at like a hundred ish for him? Do you think he's not going to move that much? How much do you think this giant signing um, bumps him up uh, when people are drafting here in the next couple weeks? I think it probably bumps him into the top one hundred. Is my guess. Um, I want to look up to see what's ha- happened like the last couple of days because there's been plenty of drafts. I mean, uh, one thing I'm so happy about is we do have a ton of drafts going on right now. We do. Um, and I'm, I'm happy as you tweeted out, I'm very happy for Greg and Greg and Brocious and Tom Kasnick and Derek Butcher. And, uh, that this, that's just great. I'm very, very thrilled for them. 80, uh, ADP one twelve in, uh, 21 drafts over the last four days. There you go. You beat me to it. You, but I don't know. I don't know if that's searcher than I am. I don't know if that's cut line. I don't know. You know, that's all. That's all the drafts put together over the last uh, the last few days. That could be a there could be a DC in there that ended that did that started before too. So I'm just kind of throwing that out there. But that's up. That's up 20 spots right there. It's probably even a little more when you factor that might be a DC or something. There. Min pick is 75. Yeah. Uh, that So that that's what I'm thinking is it's going to be close to 100. Uh, so you compare – that. say if he's at like 109, which is what I got from th- yeah, just from, from Friday through you – know, fr- yeah, I guess it's – yeah, it, it listed Monday morning. So it's, it's just starting from Friday right? because uh, he agreed on Friday. So uh, probably fewer drafts. It's only 18 drafts. Uh, trying to look at, and it's like there's not too many starting pitchers in that range, is the funny thing. Like, you Darvish or Carlos Rodon, who do you got? You Darvish, agreed. Louis, Louis Castillo or Carlos Rodon, Castillo, Charlie Morton, 
Charlie Morton, but you're, yeah, it's, it's, I'm, that's, I'm going, let me go behind him now. Uh, we'll, Blake Snell or Carlos Rodon. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, Snell barely. Shane McClanahan or Carlos Rodon. McClanahan. Me too. But uh, it's right, it's right there though. It's, it's definitely a couple rounds before, because I go, if you even drop back, you're right, there aren't many starting pitchers in that range, but you drop back, like I take him before Evaldi and Shane Baz, I think. And Tyler Malley, I take him before. I take Rodon. Rodon versus Malley, I'd probably take Rodon because I just hate what Malley does in his home park. And, you know, the team is getting worse, not better. So there's that too. You take him Rodon or or Sean Manaya? I want to see where Manaya's landing spot is first. That's just mean. I don't mean to be mean this time. <laughs> I'm kidding, um, I know. It's, it's the only way to answer that because uh, it matters because Oakland's such a great place to pitch. It is, and I do think he's going to get traded. It might take a while, though, with Manaya. It might not be until in season, yeah, but I, I do think, think he does get dealt. I think a number of these A's might get dealt at deadline rather than now, but, I mean, I don't really know, but yeah. um, I think that's going to be the case, too. But, yeah, I think that I think Rodon's probably up 25 to 30 picks. I think it's about right. Um, I think he's that's that's kind of the range he goes on. I think he just it's some and there was a lot of talk on Twitter about him and his shoulder and all that, but I mean, I, to me, him, the Giants giving him that much money and a smart organization, a smart GM signing him does affect it for me a little bit. I trust a little bit more that they know what they're doing. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the appeal to authority organizations. And of course, even though the ballpark isn't what it used to be, it's still a pretty good pitcher's ballpark. Yeah, still it's still a nice place to pitch, considering some of the other places. But yeah. we talked about the A's. Um, they did make their first trade. They traded Chris Bassett out to the Mets. Um, got a couple of uh, prospects back. One of them was a top five uh, Mets pitching prospect. Probably becomes the A's best pitching prospect right away. JT Ginn, I think was that the name. Is that the name right? Yeah. I think that's right. Um, I wanted to say Ted Ginn, but I knew that was wrong. Um, <laughs> Bassett was really solid the last couple of years. Uh, three one five ERA last year, an ERA under three in 2020. 157 innings last year. You know, K rate, you know, he's not a huge K guy, but he got to 25% last year. Doesn't walk a lot of guys. Uh, all his like X metrics are really good. Good hard hit numbers. Uh, moves to a better team on offense for sure. Uh, you know, and still a pretty good park to pitch into. So he's not like he did, got a huge, um, you know, park factor bump down from moving out of Oakland, which some places can do. But um, I think it's a solid move for Bassett. I think he's solid. I was, I was kind of, Good at the price he was. He was uh, he's ADP has been about one thirty to one thirty five. I think he moves up a little bit based on team dynamic. Probably not not as much as Rodon will, but uh, I'm still kind of uh, okay at the price. I think he'll just be really solid for you. I think he will be too. Uh, I think he was a little lucky on home run suppression. Uh, if I if I remember seeing a a bloom board from Ryan Ryan Bloomfield, and you should follow Ryan on Twitter if you don't already. Um, I do. And or, or is either a bloom board or just a straight up tweet about uh, the Bassett uh, and his home run suppression being unsustainable. I think that was, I think that was the gist of it there. Uh, and the, the, the home run for fly ball was 9.2%. Yeah. Not outrageously low, but it's definitely low. Um, I, I think that there's a chance that he, that does regress a little bit, but then again, he landed in a good ballpark. So yeah, I mean, I, and, and he doesn't walk guys. That's the other thing I like. Yeah, and I, I like the K bump from last year. He got up to a career high twenty five percent. I just, I'm a little biased too. I think he's a really good dude. Like he, he was a really good. Everybody loves him and all that. But uh, he was really solid in back to back years. I will, uh, I will definitely, uh, I will definitely miss him on the A's. One of those guys that uh, I like to, I like to root for and have on the team. But we we keep on bringing up guys, by the way, that I took on Thursday night. Uh, I took Bassett. I took Gary Sanchez. I took Nelson Cruz. It's like uh, Thursday night was online championship, right? 
Yes, uh, okay. online championship. So Jonathan Scope, look out, you're next. Um, or maybe it's, you know, who who's next that's going to get traded from this team? Or, or, or join with an, or join a new team as the case may be in the case of Cruz, but uh, it, it's wild. So let's uh, real quick. There's a couple of quick news notes before we do get to our fades. I do want to do that, but first, note a note from our sponsors at WinBet. WinBet now is the exclusive sponsor for Roadwire's Fantasy Podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, moneyline bets, boosted parlays, over/unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more. All at your fingertips. Want to break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down on blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at baccarat. WinBet is now currently available in nine states, Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. All are rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. Register for WinBet today. Make a qualifying deposit wager to receive $200 in free bets. Promotion may vary by state. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. So a couple other real quick notes before you get to our fades. Um, you say Kikuchi went to Toronto, um, signed for three years, $36 million. Um, I feel like to me, this is a better like real world baseball trade than it is fantasy. Um, I'm, I was worried about Kikuchi coming into this and now signing the AL East worries me even more. Um, he got blasted last year. I kind of liked him coming last year, but he had 47% hard anyway, 11% barrel, both, uh, like bottom 10 percentiles in those numbers. Um, AL East is a scary move. They do a good offense. If you need to get some wins, I think that works, but, uh, I worry that uh, Kikuchi's ratios probably aren't going to be great fantasy wise. Well, I mean, this is the, this is a good test of the uh, Pete Walker effect, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of interested. He was really good over the first half. 
you know, that that's the thing is I really thought that there there was a lot that lot to like. I think he made the all-star team, didn't he? Um, and then yeah, he, he was, really he collapsed really over the second really. half. Uh, I think there's strikeouts that can be had there. It's He did get roped pretty hard in the second half, though, without a doubt. I was off him. Now I'm like, oh, I can see it. Yeah, the the Pete Walker slash Toronto effect is is definitely definitely a real thing. I just I don't know. I look at the, I look at how hard how much hard content he gave up, and that it definitely worries me a bunch heading to the AL East. Yeah, I, I wonder if he just wore down. If there was like a could be conflict with he and the, uh, the, the you know the Mariners pitching staff, coaching staff, uh, something of that nature. I, I think know. that that 2021 second half was tough on a lot of guys. I mean, we after coming off the 2020 year when not everybody threw very much. He threw 47 innings in 2020. Um, I think that uh, the wear down thing in 2021 has to be it had to be a real effect. It could also be uh, the uh, it, it also could be the grip. Yep, you know, that's true. Grip enhancement. I mean, these there's so many different things that it could have been. So yeah, I I, I I'm open minded, but open minded to be like my eighth or ninth pitcher. Yeah, I'm probably off unless I'm in a spot where he just kind of falls and nobody wants to touch him, and then I maybe I think about it, but uh, not someone I'm targeting at uh, at the range he goes. Uh, the other other note uh, in the in the Isaiah Kiner falafel trade, we talked about going from Texas to Minnesota. Um, Mitch Garver went back to the Rangers. Um, he's uh, hit 256 last year, 13 home runs. One of those guys, you know, a lot of swing and miss. He's a 29% K rate, but great hard contact, 54% hard hit. 17% barrel, like a really elite level uh, hard contact guy. He had 31 home runs in 2019. Then the really ugly 2020 year where he was bad and then got hurt. Um, does this, uh, does Garver going from Minnesota, Texas change anything for you or still kind of in the same spot he was before? I, I, I view it's kind of lateral. Um, I, I think the, the question with Garver is just health, right? Yeah. It's, and that, that, that's, that's still going to remain questionable. I feel like Jonah Heim loses out. I was kind of like hoping to have him. Be kind of a sneaky late, late round catcher, and now yeah. not so much. But then again, too. I mean, Garver is not a great defensive catcher. He has improved. Uh, Todd was talking about how he's worked. You know, Garver's worked to improve his defense a little bit behind the plate. But I gotta think that, you know, I don't think it's all is completely lost. But the thing is, now Hyman is like fighting for a smaller piece of that pie. And Himes fighting for a roster spot, right? Because yes, right. they like Jose Trevino kind of defensively and managing the, the right. team and all that. I mean, I think there's a chance that Heim starts in AAA. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, DH is a possibility, but you never really want to count on that. For and all the guys that the Rangers, for all the guys they've signed, there's still open spots there too. So I mean, Jeez, look I, at their rotation. Oh, well, yeah. On the pitching side, oh, don't. They're, they're, or really don't look at the rotation if you hey, can help it. They but. signed they signed Martin Perez this week, so there's one yeah. spot taken care of. Great success. Oh, uh John it's... Gray and Dane Dunning are interesting. And after that, uh, you know, maybe maybe they'll find some sort of developmental path that gets them there. Maybe Perez will do well in his 13th time around with them. Uh maybe Taylor Hearn is takes another step up or AJ Alexi, but it's it's Definitely doesn't look at first glance to be a contender's roster. I mean, I I, I think you know third base. It's a Banyas or Solak or Sir not appearing on this roster yet. Yeah. Uh, the outfield, you got the Calhouns. You've got uh, Adelise uh, and yeah, dot dot dot. Yeah, it's if for a team that spent a lot of money. You look at it, you're like, boy, this roster was really really bad last year. It's just. Yeah. Uh, 
they're, they're still a work in progress, especially on the pitching side. Uh, you mentioned Clayton Kershaw, one-year deal to go back to the Dodgers. Um, you know, I don't think we really know what's going on. He said he didn't touch a baseball until January 1st, but then in the next sentence said he was going to be ready for opening day. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we have any clue where her, where he is. You can guess all you want, but I don't think there's any way to know kind of where he is physically at the moment. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Uh, in fact, I, yeah, I, I, I'm glad that he's with the Dodgers. That makes me a little bit more confident with him yeah. than, say, if he signed with Texas on a make-good deal. Uh, but the fact that it's one year, I mean, it shows that they're not really, uh, all that, uh, all that excited about him either. I mean, at least all that excited about his prospects. Uh, certainly there's other people that got better deals and they, they lost out on max. They lost out on some other guys. I still think they need another pitcher still too. Yeah. They have depth, but not really high end depth after Bueller and Urias. Yeah. Cause I mean, you got, and I'll, and, um, and with Bauer, Doug, we don't know how much yeah. he's going to play. He's going to, and we don't know at all for them. And Dustin May is a long ways off. I mean, there's a, yeah, that's that was Tommy John in the middle of last year too. So, uh, a couple other uh, kind of injury notes on high level guys. Um, Ronald Acuna. There was a tweet yes. uh, that came out that uh, they're hopeful he's ready in May. Was the was the exact wording on it? So the. It's not like he's going to be ready May 1st. It was hopeful he's ready in May. So, I mean, maybe that's May 1st. Maybe that's May 10th. But it ain't April is what it sounds like. So, um, no. I think a lot of people were drafting him, A, thinking the season was get delayed and, you know, all the games missed were games he wasn't going to play anyway. But I think people thought he was coming back earlier than that. I think there was a lot of people thought he was coming back mid-April, all that kind of thing. I mean, he, he had moved up to, like, he was kind of like at the turn and second round. Then he moved up to, like, middle first round. I saw, I'm sorry, I saw him going to middle first rounds recently. Um that's not a great – I mean, missing a month of Acuna is pretty significant when you're talking about who you're taking him instead of. Yeah. I Honestly, I gave him 147 games, and now I'm moving him down, uh, which – What do you do now, like a buck 25? Yeah. That's ex- okay. that, that, oh, is it? that's the exact number I landed on, actually. I promise I you I don't have it on my screen. No, I haven't I, I haven't hit submit yet. I'm oh. literally changing it right as we're talking because I saw I, that note happen while we were doing Scarf and didn't have a chance to update the projection on him yet, but – I promise you, I don't have spy software on your computer either then. Yeah, I know. You don't. No, uh, I don't. Other, other smart people do, though, because they're, they're, you know, but it, it's crazy. No, the other smart people know better than to have it on my computer. Um, <laughs> but he's out of the first round for me, clearly now. No, I, I, I didn't have him in the, I didn't, I didn't want to take him in the first round. I, we talked about a couple weeks ago. I was like, do you take him instead of Mookie Betts? And we just do take him instead of Bryce Harper. And it's a t- it was tough for me to do. But I think I it's take easy. him ahead of T. Oscar now. Yeah, it's easy for me now. I mean, you take you take six months of any of those guys against five months of anyone, and you're gonna. I mean, it's pretty significant. It's a matter of where you where you do it. Do you drop him? Uh, do you think he goes? I think he goes still probably early second round in fifteen. No, for me, he doesn't. No, not for me either. I just think there'd be someone mm-hmm. that wants there. It won't be me though. No, um, and that takes away another power speed combo guy up yes, at the top too. Yep. Uh, that might slow the rush of starting pitchers as we get closer to Maine that we usually get. Um, that and you know news about other starting pitchers. You know, it's like we just don't do we do we move them up. You know, and I just I don't see it. I, I think. By the way, I think you know what one of the stories I underestimated was how long it's going to take some of these guys to report to spring training. Yep. Um, we saw a note with uh, Ranger Suarez. Uh, yep. We're seeing it with Luis Castillo. I think you're going to see it on almost every single team. Is Castillo not going to be uh, not back in time? They either? didn't say when, okay. but I saw a note saying that he is going to be a little. They said he's going to be delayed. They didn't say how much. I, I shouldn't say a little delayed. It could. Be, he just said he's going to be delayed. Okay. He and Jose Barrero for the Reds, Ooh. and they said family slash 
uh, what was the other reason? Family slash travel reasons. Yeah, I read I that to be visa reasons. I said Suarez was a visa reason. Yeah, I think um, the Phillies were just more honest about it. Yeah, um, that I mean, and Castillo, like he just he'll ramp up a little bit, but Jose Barrero, that matters. Like he had a chance to maybe start at shortstop for them if he's in camp, but every yeah. day he misses, you got to figure it hurts that chance right. a little bit. Now, if he shows up on Tuesday and says Saturday, sure. okay, whatever, it's no yeah. problem. But if he shows uh, up next Saturday and misses a week and starts to miss a few games and someone else is playing, I think that matters. I think you're right. Um, and they did say he's gonna they're going to focus on him at shortstop. Uh, no, no center field work this time in spring training. And they're also going to focus uh, Nick Senzel in center field. So I maybe saw, I, they've learned not to dick around their prospects and just leave them at one spot. I don't know. Crazy idea. Uh, the other note uh, that kind of goes along with Acuna that we saw today, uh, Zach Wheeler in that yeah. Ranger Suarez like blurb of stuff. Um, the GM said that he had a, had a, I think he had a shoulder thing or a shoulder or something. He called, I think he called it a shoulder thing in December. Um, Wheeler said he's fine. He's going to be ready to go, but uh, a shoulder thing where he's behind and maybe not ready for opening day. I mean, that, uh, that matters, especially when you talk about a shoulder with a pitcher. Yeah, uh, it does. Uh, and you know, if, if, if the funny is the reporting started as just, oh, he's just a little behind normal yeah. rest. And then, oh, yeah, shoulder. You know, it's like, yeah. and that's where the lack of reporting for two and a half months really kicks in, or three months even. Huge. Um, I moved him down, I think, 15%, uh, which essentially makes went from like 31 to 27 starts. Okay. That might be modest as far as a downgrade goes. I don't feel comfortable taking him in the top four rounds in a 15 teamer and probably not, not even in the fifth. I think there's a lot of other, like I, if you gave me a list of like other starting pitchers, I think I'd take maybe Joe, Joe Musgrove and Max Fried ahead of Zach Wheeler. Now I think it's at that sort of range. Yeah. I think uh, Rob Silver had a, a poll up today about how many, if you had to project how many innings, and I think I clicked the 150 to 170 range, but um, and that yeah. matters. I mean, if he, if he was at 185, 194, I mean, that's a big drop down. You got, and the problem is, if he misses two or three starts, you got to figure the two or three starts after that, he's not going more than, you know, four or five innings max. So it affects, it not only affects starts he mentioned, it affects those next two or three starts too. Right. And just because, it, like, well, you know, I'm going to be going hard now. Well, let's see what happens. Maybe it'll hurt again too. I mean, and maybe he, he'll compensate, you know, he won't, mm-hmm. and he's already coming off a career year. Yep. I probably was too high on him to begin with. Um, he's coming off a 213 inning year, too. Yeah. yeah. At least you didn't have the stress of playoff innings. So you got that going for you there if you're a fan. Oh, sorry. Uh, Phillies fan. Uh, they can. I, I only joke because my Reds are in the same boat. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, that, those innings matter, too. And in fact, they matter more. Yeah, uh, they're, they're a lot more stressful. So that's a good point in the shoulder. If it was like a back tweak or my calf kind of hurt in December, I'm I, I be, wouldn't care. But shoulder is uh, oof. That's it's not. Yeah, I, I think Frank Stample was asking where you put him overall. I said seventy five to one hundred. That that's probably uh, not among pitchers, but just only players. But also known as you won't get him then. Right. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. I might. Well, here's the thing. I mean, right. If we had to draft tomorrow, I wouldn't get him. Because there's going to be no other information. But if a week from now he's still not throwing from a mound, that's going to go. I think I saw a 12 team. I think Chris List is 12 team. I think he went in the fifth round this afternoon. So 12 teamer, though. Yeah. yeah. So that's pick 48 to 60 in there. So I, I don't think yeah. I would do it. I don't think I could do it yet then. I, I tend to agree with you on that. Yeah. 
So, uh, so let's talk about some uh, talk about some fades. It's always a fun uh, topic we do, uh, kind of in the preseason. You know, maybe a, a guy or two at each position that we are not drafting, we don't want to draft. Uh, you know, all of this, of course, is based on price and how you know, where he goes, where either in an auction, um, you know, what the price is, or in a draft where he goes in the draft. Not saying we don't like the player, wouldn't take him at some point, but you know, it's always a always a price sensitive thing. But uh, sure. let's start a catcher. Um, I uh, my fade here. It's um, I'm sorry. I don't mean to pile on here, but mine is actually Tyler Stevenson on on your Reds. Um, strictly a price thing. I think he's an interesting catcher. I would like him a little bit later, but his, his ADP is about 150. So we're talking in a 15 teamer, the 10th round, and a 12 teamer, like the 12th, 13th round. I just don't really see it at the price. I, you know, he, 2021 he had 10 home runs, 45 RBIs, and 402 plate appearances. So a good chunk of plate appearances. He did hit 286. Has a nice ballpark. So I'll admit that good strikeout rate, but. He's kind of a middling hard hit guy. Uh, barrel rate is 5%. And I look at the minors. He had no no huge pop numbers in the minors. Um, you know, he homered 11 times in high A in 2018. I get I get we're going back, but, like, that's his high. Um, 286 last year was the highest he hit at any level. So that's I'm a little concerned that maybe that has a batting average peak. Um, look at his, oh, something broke. Oh, that's his, just the cat being the cat. Uh, you look live, at his, live animals on the show. All right. You, you look at his stat cast page. The strikeouts and walks are good, but, like, all his other stuff is blue. Like I just, I'm, I find it hard to get fired up about it. If he was to pick like 200 to 225, I think it'd be an interesting, you know, person to get as your catcher. But a pick 150, um, it's just too high for me, and I will not be taking him at the price. Yeah, and from March first on, it's like pick 129. So oh, uh, yeah. that definitely, I'm definitely out then. I, I, uh, Doug Dennis was trying to talk him, talk, you know, kind of convincing me that maybe I was a little too low on him, and I might have, I kind of caved a little bit. I think I got him in labor around like 160 to 170. Uh, a little lower than ADP, but you know, I, I, I see your point on him. I get it. And the lineup seems like it's getting worse, not better around him. I think he's going to be one of those guys, the cat, one of the few catchers that actually does get DH at bats. I think he is worthy of that a little bit. Always been a pretty decent prospect. Just had to, you know, stay healthy going through the minors. There's some power there. Um, I, I think there is some growth possible, but I, I grok your point. Um, it's it's a reasonably high price to pay. Uh, I think I'm more inclined to get him. Yeah, I, I will take a discount on him if he gets like 175. I'd probably do it again though. That's probably where I differ from you okay. a little bit. Uh, my guy's Dalton Varsho. I just I can't bring myself to do it, Scott. I understand the the appeal of getting stolen bases from the catcher spot. I understand he's probably going to play more outfield, but I don't think that's a guarantee. And he didn't start really hitting well until really late last season. And I don't know. I just, he's often drafted as the fourth catcher off the board. And I just, I give me Grandall over him straight up and probably give me Contreras over him straight up. Uh, plus just other players at other positions. I'm just not willing to pay that price on him yet. And ADP just for, uh, from March, from March 1st on. Oh wait, no, this is just since the, over the weekend. I'm sorry. That's what I'm looking at. No wonder I I'm got- a little off. I have it in front of me. Last last month is uh, is eighty nine is ninety essentially. Yeah, and so I have it at eighty one over this weekend. Uh, so you know, from March first, it's a little different there. I should probably scroll back to that because that's just a little too granular. Yeah. Uh, but uh, still, I think the point remains. I, he, he's still the fourth catcher. I've got it as pick. You know, average pick is eighty two point eight from March first through yeah, so moving, today. So even moving up a little bit. Yeah, I just. I know James Anderson likes him, so James is a very smart guy, and you, you know, so you might get conflicting from advice from us even here on Rudderwire. I just, yeah. I can't bring myself to do it. I don't have him anywhere yet. Uh, I need him to be in the hundreds. I, I take, I still take Grandall and Contreras over him. Um, I go so far to think I think it's an absurd price. Okay, 
So you, 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 we're, we actually I, agree. Hey. We are definitely on the same page. I just, there's so many names around him that they're not even catchers. There's other players around him that I would take so fast instead of him. I just, I think at that price, like you're, you're baking in all the profit possible. Like if he's really good and you kind of do what he wants, like I think that's about the right price. And I just don't, I hate to do that. I, there's so many people I'd take around him. I just, I think it's, I think it's just way too early. You're juggling the sixth, seventh round in a, in a, in a 15 teamer. Like I'm not con- even considering him at that price. Yeah. I, what I've usually been doing is getting either, I get Smith or Real Muto. I haven't gotten any Sal, uh, Salvador Perez. Uh, not necessarily feeding him, but I am, I guess I am a little bit because I don't have him. Uh, or I'm getting Grandall. Um, and then otherwise, I'm kind of just waiting uh, on the on catcher. So, that, that's the way I've been approaching that position so far. One, one of my tasks this week is to figure out who my waiting on catchers are. We're going to do our guys yeah. next week, and I'll have a couple catchers. I but I, uh, I had, I'm having some trouble finding some. But that's, uh, that's kind of the kind of the goal over as I'm, you know, really ramping up uh, draft prep, getting ready for Vegas. And that's a good thing about that. That's a good thing you brought up about uh, just the prep is, you know, I, I think that knowing, you know, knowing your spots. Yep. No, you know, and all that. So uh very cool uh very very cool uh stuff to kind of go through with that position by position yep category by category you know not the same obviously for sure uh i want to get to first base but first a note from our sponsors at better edge do you think your betting skills are good enough to win your tickets to the final four it's time to put your money where your mouth is better edge giving away a trip for two to the final four in new orleans all you have to do is join their contest at better edge.com slash final four better edge believes sports betting with no fees should be the norm and odds are it's legal in your state Check it out and enter the March Madness Contest for a chance to win a trip to the Final Four. Head on over to betteredge.com slash Final Four. That's B-E-T-T-O-R-E-D-G-E dot com slash Final Four. Terms and conditions do apply. So, Jeff, we move over to uh, first base. And uh, as I should have said when we're talking fades, um, I do all guys, um, at least the top 200, I try and get guys in the top 10 rounds. You know, I don't want to you know pick someone up fade and pick 320 because that's no fun. But uh, my guy at first base is an ADP at 120 is, is Ryan Mountcastle in, in Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, 2021, he hit 255 with 33 home runs. I just I look at his profile. I don't really get excited. The hard contact was under 40%. He's 41st percentile there. Uh, did have a nice barrel rate, but I, I'm concerned about the strikeout rate bump. It went up to 27.5%. It clearly was selling out for power, which did work with the home runs. Um, swinging strike rate is huge. 16.2%. That's the sixth worst, worst in baseball among all the qualified hitters last year. So like a ton of swing and miss in this bat doesn't walk much 7% there. Um, I think batting average 255 is, is not going to be that high. I think he's more of like a, I can see a 230 kind of average. Um, you got the fences moving back in Camden. Uh, he's a right-handed hitter. I think that's going to affect his power. He's uh, you look at chase rate, the major league average is 28%. He was 38 and a half percent. He was third percentile there in baseball. Um, I just don't like his approach. I think that uh, clearly the power is there with the barrel rate, but I don't like his approach. I think he strikes out too much. I think he swings at too many bad pitches. I think he hits 230 with like 24 home runs, and that just does not work with the price. I don't think. God, we're, we're, we're agreeing way too much. Oh, uh, nice. That doesn't happen very often. That's good. I think it happens a lot, actually. Usually on these, usually, on, like I remember last week we had a couple that we disagreed on, but yeah. um, I kind of just copied you, I think, a lot of times because you're a smart guy. So uh, I have him at no, 25 sometimes. homers. I may have a little yeah, bit of a right. better batting average, but even that, I probably should downgrade a little bit there. I did a vi- those series of videos of fades with Alan Sislowski on YouTube, and I think Mountcastle was my Orioles fade. As so maybe, hitter, maybe, so. maybe I copied you then. Probably not, because I, I you probably it's the first you've heard of the video. Um, that's okay. Uh, there's dozens of people that have caught it, so uh, we're we're good. <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll keep saying Max Muncy is my other fade though. Um, pick 135 since March 1st. And that's probably going up because the news is definitely going up. 
the news has been quasi positive. It's been pretty positive, but uh, this is a guy that, you know, could still need Tommy John someday. Um, he did not have surgery on a torn UCL. I know you don't, he's not going to be throwing strikes, but he's also, you now he's going to play the field. And I think he's going to probably end up playing second base. I think they still get, I think they're strong contender for Freeman. Uh, and even if not, I think he'll still play some second. And I just, I don't know. I just, I feel like there's a chance he could change his swing. Otani changed his swing some when he was playing through a torn UCL. You can do it, but it's not totally natural. And I think, and I've seen him go earlier in some places too. Uh, but I just, I, I just don't want to take on that. Why introduce that risk um, when there's 17 other first basemen around that price? Yeah, and I, I think your point about him moving up is really good. I mean, as soon as he said I'm gonna be ready for opening day, and like the everybody's like, oh, it's the everybody got the greatest draft cheapest draft driver and i just yeah. I, worry too, I worry about the no surgery too i mean that's still you know it's still in his elbow it's a, i think it's his left elbow so at least not throwing arm right yeah, yeah. but still that's your uh, essentially his power arm hitting and it's not his lead arm at least but i mean still that's I'm, there's enough there that i, I i'm worried about uh worried about it enough right i like you i kind of just take the other guys around him i think yeah and he's so good too. Like it sucks. He's, I mean, he was unbelievably good last year. 36 home runs, hit 250, um, you know, ton of hard contact. But uh, I just, I, I worry about any kind of lingering issues that's not taken care of also. Yeah. And of course, he's a monster in OBP leagues, but yeah, they weren't, you know, in FBC is not that. I mean, in Tout Wars, in a, you know, Tout Wars, it's OBP. So it applies differently there for sure. So second base, um, second base, mine will probably be um, one that people do not agree with very much, but uh, ADP 31, I'm going way up the board on this one. I am not drafting Whit Merrifield this year. Um, I know stolen bases are important. I know they're big. I know he had 40 last year. They were obviously huge. But you look back, he had 20 in 2019. He had 12 in the in the short season in, in 2020. Um, I just think it's a really high price for a guy who's so reliant on that one stat. He's a brutal hard contact guy, which I know a lot of stolen base guys are, but he's really brutal. 28% hard hit is 6 percentile, 3.5% barrels, 12th percentile. Um, doesn't walk, so I, I like I like my stolen base guys to walk a little bit. He has 5.6% walk rate, so he's not going to get on base there. OBP last two years. So we talk about a guy that's really valuable, been really good, but 325 and 317. I get his K rate's good. That helps. You know, he's a lot of balls in play with his speed. Um, I think the 10 home runs from last year is more likely than like the 16 to 20. He maybe had a couple years prior to that. Um, I don't think his batting average is a sure thing either. His XBA was 263 last year. He hit 168 against breaking balls. I think there's enough here that like he could turn into a two category guy really quickly, runs and stolen bases, and the average might be just kind of doesn't hurt you, but doesn't help you. I think the power, you know, leading off, there's not going to be any RBIs. I think the power is going to be 10 to 12 home runs. I just think there's a lot of uh, a lot of ifs here for a guy that goes to pick 31. And I'm I'm not paying the price this year. Interesting. Uh, you know, and a lot of this has to do with the pressure it gets put on you trying to find bags, right? Uh, I mean, it's it's hard to do, and I understand why people take them. I just uh, I'm I'm planning going to plan my stolen bases in a in a different direction where I'm not using my second or third round pick on him. I can appreciate that. Uh, I got him in TGFBI at 343, so th- uh, 13th pick of the third round. Which, that's a much that's pick 43. That's a much better price for sure. Yeah. Uh, would you do that late third, early fourth? Does your tune change a little bit there? It uh, probably changed a little bit. I mean, obviously, that, that's so dependent on who I have in the first two rounds. But yeah, and the, the 15 picks later, which is a whole round later, um, that changed. The 3-4 turn's a lot different for me than the 2-3 turn. Yeah, and 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 of course, you know, it's the you know, it's like you said, it's the build that you have. But assuming you right. need stolen bases, some, I'm, you go Trevor Story or uh, Whit Merrifield. 
so it's just a hard question. I I go Trevor Story. I think I do. T- I, I, well, it, I, 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 I need to know where he signs. I need to know that his team yeah. up his elbow and all that. But like, I saw some rumors out there. People worried about his elbow. And then you're like, oh, that's a problem. And then you never know coming out of cores. I know uh, there's some guys that have done well, but I, I teams seem to be a little hesitant. I'm, I'm surprised. I was talking with someone else that say, I'm surprised that Freeman story and Craig didn't sign with like 36 hours of when it all started. I'm, I'm surprised it's gone on this long. I thought they were kind of had, we're going to know where they were going and stuff. I, I'm a little surprised the big name guys haven't signed yet. Honestly, I think it is because they actually, both sides, the, players and the teams really weren't in contact with each other during the lockout. Yeah. Brandon McCarthy had a tweet that said, it said they were both sides were really worried about getting sued and lawsuits. So he said that, that was really much the case. I was surprised. Right. By that. I, I'm, I, I thought, you know, and I, I initially when I, I thought about it, it's like, Oh yeah, it's going to be like instantaneous. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. But I, I actually get it. I, yeah. you know, you don't want to be the, the one team that gets caught cheating. You don't want to be, you know, the agent that, you know, is going behind the other agents back and all that. So I, I think I'm so used to the NFL and NBA where that just happens constantly that I thought it would happen here too. I mean, the NBA, it's NFL, not a lockout like, situation. It's not a lockout. That's yeah, it's true. But it's like, Oh, the, you know, the free agent period is the 15th and everybody signed by the eighth. It's the like, legal it's tampering just, thing. Yeah. But also keep in mind, it's a land rush in those sports because they do actually have a cap. So yeah, there's, a, you know, all the, Functionally, I think we're getting to that point in baseball yeah. a little bit, but uh, we'll see. Uh, let me Tyler O'Neill or Whit Merrifield if you need small bases. Oof, Tyler O'Neill. Yeah, so yeah, you're not, I'm not the I'm not the hugest Tyler O'Neill person, but I think I go uh, the hard contact, the power speed combo, and hope that the strikeouts don't kill his batting average too right. much. That's why I asked you that one because I thought yeah. that would be a tough call for you. So, what about is there anybody you find yourself uh, fading at second base? You know, a lot of the non-running guys, um, like I love ho- what Jose Altuve did at the plate. He was but my he was my second guy on this list. I, I just I'm I don't want to pay that price for a second baseman that doesn't run, and I don't think it would t- I think Altuve's running days are done. Um, so it's kind of the opposite of Merrifield, where you're getting him for the stolen bases. Altuve, I, I'm avoiding him because the lack of stolen bases is just. What is your I, uh, what's your home run projection, Altuve? I got him at twenty eight. It's still a pretty positive projection. Um, I would bet. I would bet the under hard on that. You would, okay. I give me like twenty three. Interesting. I mean, if he, the last if two he, full he, seasons he, were thirty one yeah. and thirty one. So if he, didn't, if he didn't play in Houston, I'd say like eighteen too. Let Crawford boxers to joke with him. It pisses me off, but um, <laughs> um, no bitterness towards Houston at all. But um, none, I can tell. I just I think that 31 is like so I, 2019 was happy fun ball. I think the 21 31 last year was I don't know, you look at like his hard conduct and his bear like it's just it, everything has to go perfectly for him to hit 31 home runs. I just yeah. I think 23 24 is is just more likely. I, I get it that he he pulls the ball. And, and every home run he hits is a freaking pull ball. It's so obnoxious, but um, all but one of his homers last year were to the pull side. There you go. Um shortest average fly ball distances with at least any with anyone with at least 30 long balls. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, and the thing is, I'm I'm fading him. So I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah and maybe I should give him even a little bit more uh, pessimistic projection. So yeah. I, I and I just he's not gonna. He had five bags last year. That I've got him for five tops this year. I mean, it, it's just he's not gonna. Run, he might even run less than that. There's a, there's a point where he probably stops running entirely. There's there's it's fun. Oh, what was that? That's just me coughing for a second. Oh, <laughs> I looked down. I thought your cat like <laughs> your cat did something. Can't blame the cat this time. Just me. It's really weird that ADP range with Altuve. There's six second basements and seven six second basemen and seven picks, which is 
really wild. It's Altuve, Lau, Polanco, Edmund, Marte, and Jonathan India are back to back to back to back to back. It's a really weird run of second base where they all go off the off the off the board at once. And it's what what's also weird is I I get almost none of them. Uh, I don't have any Lau. I don't have any Cattell Marte. I'd like some Polanco. I actually that's the guy in the group. I wish I had more of. Uh, I don't have any Jazz Chisholm. I don't have any Jonathan India. I do have a couple of Edmonds that were, but those were in uh, early drafts in the uh, NFBC 50s when I think the stolen base market wasn't as mature. And now he's getting pushed up a little bit more. In a in a really good segue, my third baseman is the one person in that seven that's not a second baseman. My fade. So let's uh, let's jump to that one. Uh, my fade at third base is pick eighty three. The sixth third baseman off the board is is Nolan Arenado in St. Louis. Um, last year, two fifty five with thirty four home runs, one hundred five RBIs. He was really good power source. Obviously, no speed. He had two stolen bases. Uh, great K rate guy. So all there there is a lot of positives there. Obviously, with Arenado, but. Again, I look at hard contact with him, like 31st percentile hard hit rate, 32nd percentile in barrel rate. Obviously, you're never getting any speed, but you look at his sprint speed, 21st percentile. So that's not just stolen bases, but that's like it affects his Babbitt too. His Babbitt the last two years have been 241 and 249. I think it's gotten a little bit quiet. He hit 253 and 255 the last two years. I think we think of him as a, a pretty sure three category guy with, with average um, batting average or average uh, home runs and RBIs, probably and a bunch of runs there. So a four category guy, really. But a lot of fly balls. He's slow. He has 50% fly balls. It's going to hurt the batting average also. You talk about pull hitters. Every home run he had last year was pulled. I just don't like his approach right now a ton either. Um, pull rate was 46% high of his, highest of his career. I feel like he's just trying to – he's guessing a little bit. Um, he got beat by fastballs a lot last year, which concerns me as a guy. He gets a little bit as a more veteran. He hit 228 against fastballs last year. His ex-slugging as fastball was only 421. Uh, 11% or more pop-ups last three years. A lot of easy outs. You know, he doesn't strike out a ton, but you stick those pop-ups in there, and suddenly that you know automatic out rate goes up a little bit. Um, you look at his stat cast page, like 2016, 17, all this red. And I know we played in course with his red, red, red. And you kind of slowly get a little bit less red in 2020 than a lot of blue last year. I just don't like the way Arenado is trending. I think the price is too high for me. I, I respect all that. Um, I, I haven't landed on him. I'm trying to see if I, I wonder if I do. I even have him in any league so far. I don't think so. I got a Rendon share and I felt kind of great shame about that the other day, but uh, only because of the injury risk. Uh, but I, I hear you. I hear you on that. Arenado is, it, it is pretty pricey for, for, for what you're getting there. And I do not have any Arenado yet. So there you go. Um, mine's almost too easy. Uh, it, it's Adalberto Mondesi. Uh, so Siege, go watch uh, Drive to Survive for a second if you're listening right now. <laughs> Have you watched uh, any episodes yet? I haven't yet. I, I will this week. I've uh, only watched one. The first one was fantastic. Oh, I mean, and last so year was, uh, it, it, it's such a great documentary. And last F1 season was so compelling yeah. uh, that I got to imagine what they do with that season is just going to be so good. Uh, but Mondesi, I mean, it's just, it, I mean, it's kind of a, it, the case makes itself. Really, I mean, it's you're 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 going for the stolen bases if you get them. You're paying a top four round price, and you know we see a huge range. Yes, he could get you eighty stolen bases. He could also get you eighty at bats. I mean, and that, that that's possible. I think, and you're not going to get RBI. You're not going to get batting average. Probably, uh, you're you're even really probably hurting with power. I know he had has had, you know, spurts and flourishes where he's done that. Well, Plus, he had he had he had one spurt. Yeah. Plus, the other thing, too, is, and we've gone this over time and time and again, but right. uh, when you draft him, it's usually at the expense of any other stolen base guys, or at least, you know, you're you're totally in reliance of him. So 
you you need him to do what you what he does in that one particular category or else you're screwed in that category i don't like being in that position yep. you're already doing that with closers you know i'd rather not have another specialist yeah i mean he hit the ball harder last year which you do like to see but like the strikeout rate even went up a little bit I mean, he strikes out 31 and a half percent of the time it's just it's just i don't know his OVP and, last year was 271 like i get the royals don't have anybody really but like you can't have a guy hitting 271 anywhere near the top half of the lineup no matter how anti analytics or whatever it may be or you may not have good players like you still can have the guy hitting first or second yeah i don't think the royals are necessarily anti-analytic either um, no i don't think so either i'm just saying like there like there's no way you can support that even if you don't care about it. it's just 271 is brutal getting on base plus i mean you have the quote from date Moore. no you can't count on him as an everyday player we have to ma- we're gonna have to manage his workloads i mean yeah you could he could get 100 games and still get you 60 stolen bases i get it but you're you really fourth, want to be in that position. Round. Yeah, fourth round for a guy who you're not sure he's going to play every day is just right. Yeah, not uh, obviously, you know, not for me. Uh, it's funny. You mentioned Siege. If Dalton Del Don's your league, you're not going to get Monesty either because he's going to take him. Um, yeah. it's, good uh, players, by the way. Both. Good, really good players. I don't but, mean to, like, you know, when I no. call, when I mention it, it's because good players that are on this guy. I mean, there are counter arguments. Dalton dominated leagues last year with, yeah. with a similar approach of pitching and speed early and then figure out the power later. He right. Dalton was awesome last year. I like Dalton as a, as a person too. So I'm not, I'm obviously yeah. not saying anything bad about him. It's just, he likes Montessi and I don't, you don't, but I mean, that's what makes it fun is you've got people who are good at this game who disagree. If we all agreed, it would drafts would be really boring and literally would be ADP and would not be very fun. Exactly. So let's uh, let's do what we're gonna do. Uh, we'll do shortstop and outfield. I think we might save pitchers for next week if you're good with that. Just I so, prefer to do that. Yeah, yeah, go a little bit long. I want to make sure we don't speed to the pitchers. But first, another our, our note from our sponsors at Thrive. Experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is an exciting player prop fantasy contest. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up for Thrive Fantasy today and receive a free six month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you claim your free Rotowire subscription. Number one, visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Number two, deposit them a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Number three, play in your first paid contest where you receive that free six-month Rotowire subscription. So finishing off the infield, Jeff, we've got uh, shortstop. Probably another one here that people will be mad at me for, but uh, I'm not taking Wander Franco at the price. Uh, ADP is, uh, what is it, 59.5 over the last month. So you're talking a uh, fourth, fifth round pick in a, in a 15-teamer, a fifth, sixth round pick in a, in a, uh, in a 12-teamer. I love love everything he does. He's obviously insanely talented. He's still 21. What he did last year at 20 in 2020 was insanely impressive for how old he is. Hit 288 um, in 308 plate appearances. The guy is amazing. He's going to be a superstar in this league. We're talking redraft leagues. We're talking 2022. We're talking draft price. Um, I look at it and he was really good last year, but he had seven home runs and two stolen bases. Like, I don't know what I do with that. The batting average is nice, but uh, okay. What do I do with the power and, and speed? Uh, hard hit rate is only 37% under a 5% barrel rate. So like, it wasn't like he was smoking the ball in the doubles and all that. Uh, K rates impressive. 12% for a guy that young is just insanely good. But um, you look a little bit deeper. You look at 2019 and a and, and, and high a nine home runs, 18 stolen bases. So a little bit of speed there. That's nice. Uh, 2021 in, in triple a seven home runs, five steals and 180 plate appearances. You know, all right too, but, I just think at this price, I mean, look at projection systems. Most of them have 18 to 20 home runs and 10 stolen bases and 290, which is crazy good for 21. But like, is that fancy good in the fourth and fifth round? And for me, it's not. I just, I think the hype here is too much in terms of fans. I think the hype in terms of real baseball is great. His baseball cards are insanely off, crazy making the market right now. People are lining up a target to buy him. I get that. His, just all his rookie cards just got released in tops and Bowman and all that. But I just, I can't do it at the price. I think 59 is way too high. Um, I would probably need to get him at like 85 or 90 to do it. Yeah. I mean, he, he's 
similar to Carlos Correa in that he's a better real life player than a fantasy player. Yeah. Uh, I, I, he's got baseline speed different. That's, that's how he differs from Correa is Correa just doesn't run period. But Franco has never been like a huge stolen base guy. Um, the power could come, you know, even the, the stolen bases could come. Uh, it's possible, but he was like, you look at like, 2019, for instance, he was 18. He, he got 18 small bases, but he also was caught 14 times. Oh, wow. Um, that, you know, speed, but does he have small base moxie? I, yeah. It may take another year. I, I think the, I think the push here that he, why he's getting going higher is because they don't want, you don't want to miss out on the next Vlad for sure. Where a generational talent kick that talent kicks in. I, I just think it's probably a year too early. So I, I tend to agree. I want to have him somewhere. I, I do, do too. I there's do a, too. There's badly. Some serious FOMO problems here going on. And when the, the other... when the Rays are on and he's up, I sure ain't switching the channel. That's for sure. Right. Exactly. So, I, mean, it's, I, I think he'd be fun to watch. I love great young players in the game. Just not going to be on my team. And I'm going to have to accept that at the price. Right. And the other, the other problem too, is there's, there's really like 18 shortstops I want in yeah. the first 120 play uh, picks, you know, not all of them are primarily shortstop, but, I love a ton of shortstops. I get Bogarts all the time in the fourth round. I like the idea of a Lindor bounce back. I, I like uh, Javi Baez as a dual position stolen base guy. Don't love his batting average, but still, I like Polanco. I like uh, you know. I, I don't mind taking Wood if I, I get like plus one hundred picks on him. Like I, I think I've got him at one ten a couple uh, once or twice, and that that's the range I'm looking at. You know, up and down the list. I love Dansby Swanson. We know this. Um, yeah point is i like a lot of shortstops yeah and, and you're I'm like shortstop 17 there like there's just so many of them it's yeah. just I, I there's so many guys in the top 60 i like i just can't do it at the price i mean it, i just i'm not getting there i understand there's a chance i may be missing his you know his breakout season but i i think it's a couple years away too i think he's gonna be really good i just think fantasy good maybe a couple years away from that yeah uh i'll keep it quick on mine Corey seager for the price i'm not taking it for right. that price doesn't run uh worst lineup Ballpark really isn't an improvement. Um, I just and I, I think and we talked earlier about that Rangers lineup. It's not great. Yeah. Uh, I it, again, and it's a position where I'm hoping to get some stolen bases. It's really hard to take a non-running shortstop. It's funny because I love Corey Seager. I love everything about him. But then we talked about him maybe three years ago, and you said, "Yeah, but we were getting your stolen bases in the middle infield." And I was like, "Oh, that's a good point." I just if you get if you had a bunch of stolen bases early, I think he works. But you're right. It's just it's hard to get one stolen base from your shortstop this year. Yeah, and. Yeah, that 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 pretty much summarizes the case. I, I love watching him hit, though. I do too. I, I yeah. love him. And I you know I wish he were still out in L.A. Even though I'm not a Dodgers fan, I kind of like the Dodgers now. Um, kids like the Dodgers, and we go to games. So yeah. thus, even though I grew up spending my life hating the Dodgers, I don't hate them now. They are a fun team to watch. There's no doubt. I will and never I be a Dodger fan, too. but they're uh, they're they, you can watch them now too. That yeah. helps. So uh, outfield, I I struggle with a lot. I, I like I I kind of summarized two or three guys, and I changed my mind. Uh, we'll do a couple outfielders real quick each. Um, my kind of top seventy-five outfielder that I'm not taking. Sorry, Rays fans. I don't mean to do back-to-back guys on you here, but uh, mine's Randy Rosarena. Oh, um, I just took sorry. him tonight. Sorry, you should have texted me before you took him. Oh, I guess I should have. Well, you, know, you still could work out, but like, it's funny. You look at last year. I felt like last year was up and down. Then you look and you're like, Oh, 2020, 274, 94 runs. It, like it worked out last year. You didn't, it was kind of a bumpy road getting there. And I felt I had him in the main event last year and I kind of felt like it was bad. And then I look at the stats. I'm like, Oh, it worked out really well. But I just see a lot of issues. I strikeouts at 28% still last year. Um, hard contact does not jump out. He's under 50, under 50 percentile in barrel rate, under 60 percentile in hard hit rate. So like not terrible, but just, 
And you look at some of the X numbers, like his XBA last year was 222, ninth percentile. Like that really scares mm. me a little bit. That 274 uh, maybe was not, maybe is not what it seemed to be. Um, X slug was 17th percentile. X Woba was 22nd percentile. His whiff rate on breaking pitches and off pitches both over 37%. Like he struggled against anything that wasn't a fastball last year. I think he has a lot of batting average downside. My concern with that is that not only the stats we get from fantasy, but like I think if he's hitting 225, 230, I think he loses playing time in Tampa too. They tend to platoon a lot. Um, there was a time last year where he struggled and he kind of missed some games and he got hot again. And he got back in, but with much they platoon, he's a righty. Like I hate to see him start to sit against any righties. And then at pick 62, I want someone that I'm not worried about playing time. I'm not worried about that, worried about batting average. I just think that uh, he, speed power guys are hard to find, but he's a concern to me that uh, is a little overpriced at the moment. Yeah, and that might be the reason why he is. is It's hard to find those speed power guys. So, yeah. Uh, you, were, were, you a, were you uh, like, oh, he's there and I kind of fit there? Or is he like a target for you? Do someone you like? Uh, more like I need another speed power guy is what I thought. I, you know, I thought that was I, I, the kind of how I started. I started off with Cole. Cole and Freeman. So I'm needing some speed and power after, you know, needing some speed with some subsequent picks. I did get Will Smith in the fourth round. Which also means I still needed more speed after that. So maybe that, you know, it was kind of a lineup construction thing. I was light on speed the whole draft. I'm definitely, it's a, you know, that that's going to be my thing that I'm going to be looking to try to add over the course of the season. Uh, eh, I don't know. Maybe maybe I could go a different route there. Uh, if I, you know, maybe that that that's the play there. But like I took him over Jazz Chisholm. I'm that 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 was my choice. I, kind of similar similar kind of things. Like uh, you know, there's there's a batting average risk there, but the speed power is nice. I, it's weird. Like yeah. you just. You look at his minor league numbers, you're like, I wish he could, you know, the strikeout rates were like in the high teens. Like it was a different player, but you know, I think the power wasn't there either. So I think there's a, yeah. there's kind of a, a give and take with him. You wish, I, I would like to see him get down to like 22, 20%, maybe hit a few fewer home runs, but get on base a little bit better. I just, uh, I mean, it is walk a little bit. His, his OBP was good last year. He's 356. Um, but you know, his Babbitt last year was 363. Like that freaks me out a little bit too. I think that like, mm-hmm. he's fast, but I don't think that's repeating. Um, I just think 245 is more in play than 275. Put it that way. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I can see that there. Uh, I'll just give you one guy uh, right. that I, I'm probably not going to have a whole lot of, and that's Christian Yelich. I know it's not top 75, but it's top 100. Yeah. Uh, I can't. I, just, I can't figure this one out at all. So I'd like to hear what you say. Well, and part of it is the can't figure it out, right? Yeah. Uh, if I if it was a simple app explanation, we could point to and say, okay, well, it's figured out. It's done. But I don't think I, the back is ever. I mean, it has been is a hundred percent. Just where the power go? It's just gone. I mean, he's had some hard hits. Some of his stat cast stuff is okay, but he swings less. He strikes out more. You know, he might start running less and less. He might be at that age. He might be hitting a little bit of a cliff. I don't. I just. I, I'm a t- I, I've been on board saying I'll take Bellinger over Yelich, and you know I, I think there's a there is a reasonable price somewhere out there. I think and maybe Best Balls he, he's worth it a little bit more, but I say that about a billion people, um, so it's not really great advice to say oh take him in a Best Ball. But uh, I just I, 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 there's other guys I'd rather get there. So I just I, I'm usually pretty happy when someone mentions him and I can just click him off. I usually have a lot of strong opinions on guys. I just cannot figure this one out. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's ways you look at you look at 2019. You're like, oh my god, if you just get that in the seventh round. Like you're winning, like winning all your leagues. It's just the last two years have been so rough and so bad. You mentioned the power. He has 21 home runs total the last two years. Like it's just it's been gone. And you worry about him stealing bases with that back. I just I don't know what to do with him. I don't know. 
I'm gonna have to figure. I'm gonna have to figure it out. And before we have to get to Vegas, if I want to take a chance on them, I think I'd have to have the right build where I have like a really kind of safe, really nice floor team the first six rounds and take that shot. But yeah. I think it, it would have to be a team that were like this is a this is a spot where you know if he's this if he's a guy who was the last couple of years like I can deal with it. And it's just uh, it's still tough in the seventh round. You need to get production there. Yeah, uh, you do. You do. And I. I, I... I did get the haircut on him in a best ball 10 league. I think that was the only place I've taken him so far. And that's the only place I'm probably going to take him. Yeah. So my other guy here, I got one other guy and it kind of hurts me to say, because this is someone that I was a target for me last year and someone I do like as a player. Um, But as I dig in a little bit deeper on him, um, Trent Grisham is not someone that I'm super fond of anymore. Uh, His ADP is about 136. So you're still, uh, uh, you know, ninth, 10 turn in the 15 team or a little bit after the the first break in a 12 team or after the, after the 10th round, I call the break, but after the, after the 10th round, Um, 2020 was pretty blah. He had 15 home runs, 13 film bases. That was a a pretty decent double, double there, but hit 242. And what I liked about him in 2020 was like, he showed a lot of hard conduct. He kind of was growing into that and, Took a step back. He was 36.5% hard hit rate last year. The barrel rate dropped in half to 5%. Um, you look at like 2019 and 2021, they match up better. 2020, that short season, maybe looks like a little bit of an outlier in his hard contact uh, numbers, you know, both. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's that's concerning there. Um, I worry about his getting dropped down the lineup against lefties. And it's scary because he was actually better against lefties. He only, he only hit, uh, he only had a 7-12 OPS against righties last year. So like, if you're going to have a guy that maybe gets dropped in lefties, like, like he better match righties than he didn't last year. Um, dropped his K's a little bit. The walks are still good. You know, that's helped us get on base and steal some bases, but he's a career two forty two hitter. Now. I think he there's a chance he gets moved down the order pretty quickly. It depends on who they sign. You know, I was thinking of Nelson Cruz when I kind of wrote this up yesterday, I was looking at it, but obviously he didn't sign there, but um, it depends on who they sign. If they have somebody to move up there, but you look at like he was 30th percentile in XBA, 17th percentile in X slug. I just don't think he's as good of a hitter as I thought he was maybe coming into last season. So, Looking at alternatives, you know, because that's always like, what's your, what are you going to pivot to? Are you going to yeah. pivot to Akil Badu, Avisail Garcia? Uh, yeah, I probably wait a wait around, maybe pivot to Badu. If I don't, if I have speed early, I'd pivot to Lourdes Goriel. I do like him. I like his hit tool uh, better. I like the the power and the average better there. Um, there are, but, pivot up to Guriel, by the way. He's actually a couple picks earlier since March first. Earlier now, wow. I was just yeah. looking at I was looking at the last month. So that there, I mean, there you go. This moving up a little bit. Uh I probably it depends on T build, but I probably pivot, pivot to Kyle Schwarber, depending on where he signs to. Uh-huh. Obviously, not not Mountcastle. We talked about him earlier, but no. um, I was just surprised. I was I dug in on Grisham a little bit. He was someone that I really liked last year. He was kind of targeting last year. I was a little surprised when I looked at uh, just how kind of blah he was last year. Yeah, I think this need for speed is really driving a lot of things yeah. too. I mean, it, and as you start going down this list, you're starting to like, oh, where can I even find ten stolen bases? I know. That, and that's that's hard if you if you're not going to take Merrifield, Arozarena, and Grisham. I get there's three guys I mentioned tonight or, that I don't really like. Or Mondesi, price. yeah, or that's Mondesi, another guy. Yeah. Check that guy off the list. Um, it sure as hell makes me want to take someone to get stolen bases in the first round. That's for darn sure. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, real quick, someone asked in the chat, when do you draft a catcher? Um, you pick up another player you want instead and add a position later. I mean, in NFPC type rules uh, leagues, you have to take two catchers and you have to have them by the end of the draft. Um, I am usually someone who takes a catcher like in round 13 to 16, somewhere in there. And then I get a second one kind of before the end rush. So maybe like round 21 to 23 is usually my, uh, every once in a while I'll, I'll you know, take an early guy, but that's usually kind of, if I look at a draft and that's like a typical draft would probably for me is right in there. I'm willing to take, either Smith or Real Muto in the fourth round. It, it's got to make everything else has to make sense. Uh, but 
I haven't been taking Perez's often, and if I don't get those two guys, I'm definitely waiting on catcher typically otherwise. So uh, that's the way I look at that there. Will Smith is damn good. Yeah, he is. I really like that. I really like that play. Um, I have to, I have to look a little bit closer at Real Mudo. I haven't looked at him this year, but I like I really like Will Smith. So if if he's in the right spot, I'd probably I'd probably uh, take that one too. But usually I find myself with like uh, you know the tenth, the twelfth best catcher, and then maybe the you know seventeenth or twentieth right in there. So I like to get I like to get my second guy before that kind of final uh, run of everybody getting their second their second guy. Yep. So cool. Um, yeah, we're going to save pictures for next week. We've gone a little bit long here. We'll just kind of, yeah. we won't have as many news that we had a lot of news notes that happened like right in front of the, in front of the uh, podcast this week. We won't have that. We won't have that quite next week. We'll have a lot of news notes during the week that will get covered in other podcasts. We won't have quite that rush, but um, we'll talk about pictures next week. I do have a, uh, some pitcher fades and some, some closer fades um, uh, that, uh, that we'll discuss and Jeff will have some also uh, Jeff, anything else you want to talk about? Anything else on your mind? No, I think it's a good time to sign off. Beautiful. Well, thanks everybody for listening to the Roadwire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We do appreciate that uh, so much every week. If you want to follow Jeff on Twitter, he's at Jeff underscore Erickson. I am at Scott Jenstead. Uh, we can answer questions on there also. If you want to hear about other fades or people we uh, d- you know had maybe on our list but uh, didn't talk about, definitely happy to answer there. Other than that, if you could please rate and review the podcast. It helps us out a lot also. Would uh, If you appreciate listening to us and enjoy it, I'd definitely leave a bunch of stars. Other than that, Jeff and I will be back at you next Sunday night. Hope everybody has a good week. Enjoy all your drafts and all the baseball news that's sure to come. Take care.